This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. You're listening to Goodfellas Minute 99. <laughs> I know I'd go from rags to riches if you would only say you can. Hello and welcome to Goodfellas Minute, the only podcast that analyzes the Martin Scorsese picture. Goodfellas, one really long shot into a Christmas tree at a time. <laughs> I am Josh Flanagan. I'm here with Ron Richards. 15 seconds. And Connor Kilpatrick. I know you want to do. I had 13 seconds. 
for a total of uh, 24 seconds. I got 15. Regardless, it's a long time to zoom into a Christmas tree in a motion picture. And you really get into the Christmas tree. I mean, you yeah. get in, you get into, like, you go, you zoom right in to that purple uh, It's a lot ornament. farther than you think. Yeah, it's a lot farther than they think. What I would like to know is that while they zoomed, do the daughters just keep playing with the Barbies underneath the tree? They're this doing whole that time. fake kid play, though, where they're just sort of yeah. banging their toys together. together. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, like apes. <laughs> like apes. Oh, Ruth and Judy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's a great shot, though. It's a great shot. So, so we got the- I've never noticed it. Like, oh. I've never realized that we spent so much time looking at that. Well, yeah. when you're doing this minute by minute, you really, the real estate yeah. becomes an issue. You're just like, yeah. well, you're wow. listening to what he's saying. And right. what he says is that Lufthansa should have been our ultimate score. There's more than enough to go around. There's no but in that sentence, but it clearly deserves one. Well, no, but yeah, well, the but is the, the rest of the movie, the next part of the movie. No, you know? I know that. Yeah. I think yeah. that's, that's a really, that's an interesting thing to do with a script. It's, it's a, a great storytelling device. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's really good. Um, I want to take this time to talk about the music before we get too deeper into it, is that in yesterday's minute, the music uh, kind of faded in and we get a lot of it. And I think it goes on for the rest of the, for today and tomorrow. Um, yeah. But it is uh, one of my favorite Christmas songs of all time, uh, Bells of St. Mary. Um, it is, uh, this is the version that was recorded by the Drifters uh, in 1954. Uh, and it was originally written in 1917 uh, by A. Emmett Adams, who wrote the music, and the lyrics were by Douglas Ferber, uh, who wrote the song after visiting St. Mary's Church in England, uh, interestingly enough. Um, the Bells of St. Mary has nothing to do with Christmas. Nothing. Well, I'm sure uh, they ring at Christmas. No, well, yeah, no, but the, if you look at the lyrics and everything, in fact, there's even a reference, uh, there's a reference to autumn in the song, in the full lyrics of the song. Uh, the only reason why it's ever been associated with Christmas is because uh, the song was uh, re-recorded in 1945 uh, by Bing Crosby and Ingrid Bergman to appear in a movie called The Bells of St. Mary, of which there's a Christmas pageant. Um, and for whatever reason, people connected Christmas to the song. And since that 1945 film, it has been associated with the Christmas season. Um, in fact, actually, the Drifters 1940, 1954 recording of, of the Bells of St. Mary was the B-side to their White Christmas single. Um, and Bells of St. Mary was also included on the Phil Spector's A Christmas Gift for You in 1963 with a version by Bobby Sox and the Blue Jeans, which is uh, my personal favorite. Um, and it's also been covered by Andy Williams and Cheryl Crow and other people. So Bells of St. Mary, beautiful song, associated with Christmas, nothing to do with Christmas. So there That's you go. That's nice. Isn't it? That's <laughs> nice. <laughs> so uh, as we leave the Christmas celebration, uh, we, it's, it, it's, I don't know that it's a smash cut, but it's a definite change of venue. Um, we head into uh, Stax Edwards' house. Yes. Which is interesting because the last thing that we heard Tommy say before he threatened to kill his girlfriend, was that he was going to go see Stax. <laughs> no, but that's... <laughs> the two aren't related. <laughs> just, just saying that's the last thing that Tommy said. <laughs> we haven't been spending much time with Tommy recently. Oh, I know. So uh, Tommy and Frankie show up and banging on his door and yelling. They're not really concerned about witnesses at this point, I assume. Because they really make a spectacle of themselves in the hallway... I believe that they are probably in a place where they're not worried about that. Yeah. They're or, in a neighborhood that is not their neighborhood or 
anyone would care. Yeah, who knows where Stax lives? Think about you know, like yeah. New York City wasn't all that. It was was you know. He's probably know. he's probably in a projects. He's probably yeah. you know. Like, I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But he's not in one of their neighborhoods. Is my point. Oh, I know. I'm just saying in general, they're not seem to worry mm-hmm. about being stealthy here. No one. No one has been in this movie. They threw a mailman in a pizza oven. Well, that was in a mob neighborhood. Yeah, no good point. Talking mob neighborhood. So there's Stax, and he's overslept again, <laughs> which is which is uh, it's not a good stereotype um, that they've got of him here. And uh, it turns out that Stax um, was very late. He was very. He was supposed to be there two and a half hours earlier. <laughs> we get the sense that he was supposed to be somewhere and he's not. But do you think he was, or is he just playing a mind game with him? Good question. No, he no. Stack seems to acknowledge that he's late when he looks. When, oh, okay, when he tells yeah. him what time it is, he goes, "Oh shit." Yeah, 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 yeah. No, he, yeah. I think I think it's in the context of this thing. Everything that happens to Stack from here on out, I was like, well, sounds like he kind of had that coming. Well, yeah. Well, so I mean, I, I was going to talk about this tomorrow, but do we want to talk about now? What 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 happened to Stax? In real life, well, he's he's killed in this minute. Well, yes, he's well, he starts to be killed in this minute. No, his actually, blood is all over the bed at the end of this minute. True, there's one shot. There's one shot in this minute, and then the, then the rest of the execution is in tomorrow's minute. He is shot um, in the head in this minute. Yeah. He is dead. So, so there's not a right. ton to talk about in this minute. So, so, so here's what happened. Uh, there's not a lot to talk, to talk about today. There's a lot. Tomorrow's going to be short. Um, <laughs> so, as far as the heist goes. Uh, well, hold on. In the movie, they say he overslept with the truck. He was supposed to dump. He was supposed to get rid of the truck. Yeah. If you recall, he was the driver, wasn't he? Yes, he was the driver truck. of the panel truck. Yeah. yeah so yeah. his job was to get rid of the truck, and instead yeah. he got high and fell asleep in the truck. And didn't the cops wake him up? Uh, no. no. He fell asleep. It, well, I don't know if the real in the movie, and this is actually in the next minute, is that he he go he gets stoned, he goes to his girlfriend, oversleeps, and they found the truck. Yeah. So in in reality, what happened was is that it's very similar to that. He was supposed to take the van that they used for for the for the robbery to a guy in New Jersey to have have the the car the truck com- compacted. Um, but instead, he was so excited after the heist went so well, uh, he got high, and then drove to his girlfriend's apartment, and then not only drove to his girlfriend's apartment and then went out and hung out with her and got drunk and did cocaine and and passed out. He parked the the truck in a no parking zone. Mm. <laughs> so it was it was it was kind of you know it was one thing after another. It's not only was it the truck, but it was parked in a no parking zone, which got attention. It got impa- the police found it. They impounded it, and then very quickly identified it that it was the one using the burglary. Um, and actually, at that point, Edwards uh, stacks Edwards. He had to uh, he had to run away and not get caught, which he 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 was able to do. Um, and then they found his stink- fingerprints on the steering wheel, and they also found a muddy shoe print um, at the airport uh, that matched Stack Edwards' uh, shoes as well. Um, and so now this is three days after the robbery. Now the FBI tied the heist to Jimmy's crew because at that time when they were trying to figure out who did it, they, the, the FBI and the police figured it was either Jimmy's crew or it was John Gotti's crew. Mm-hmm. And the, the fact that they connected Stax to the truck and they knew Stax was connected to Robert's Lounge, they then said it was Jimmy's crew. So now three days after the heist, the police in real life know exactly who did it. So – it's interesting that they that they didn't leave the the no parking thing in the in the narration because I can hear Ray Liotta saying it 
and he parked in a no parking zone. <laughs> it's just he said parking earlier is all. Yeah. <laughs> parking parking Cadillac. So uh, what does he earn for this? He earns a bullet in the back of the head of the giant handgun that Tommy has. Well, it's got a silencer, so I'm talking about the size. So that, of the so gun. that that feels better. Is that a perspective shot? Is that is that the fact that, or is it is that Joe Pesci's a small man? It's also really loud. I like the it, I like the sound work in this. It's a very loud shot. Mm-hmm. It's a very it's a loud for for a silencer. It's very loud. Well, so first of all, the suppressors they don't actually make unlike yeah. what you see in the films. They don't make the the shot silent. They just suppress the sound of the, yeah. the explosion. But yeah, uh, but uh, it's it's the the sound work makes the shot really jarring. Yeah. So even yeah. when you know it's coming, it still makes you go. Ugh. Yeah. So before let's let's we'll step back a little bit before that happens. Um, there is a choice carbone moment here. Um, <laughs> There's a couple of them. In yeah, I part, listened. Yeah. I listened through. I I listened to this four times, and I literally got nothing except at the end he might have said pot of coffee. Because pot of coffee. Yeah. Well, that's, no, because that's because what he says is they stacks answers the door in his stylish underwear. Mm-hmm. And with a shirt um, tucked into it, with his shirt tucked in, into his tidy whities into. Which, or does that shirt just have like a taper at the bottom? No, no, because the front is sort of billowing out. Yeah, no, he put because he he tugs on it and it, it and it and it stretches against the waistband. It's that definitely tucked in. Is that, that tank top is tucked in? Um, and so and 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 Tommy bursts in and says, "Oh, Stacks, what are you doing? I thought we were gonna, you know, whatever." And you know, and he's like, "Oh, sorry, man, I'm late." And then he goes, "Ah, oh, Frankie, uh, Frank, Frank will make some coffee." Like we'll wake you up. We'll make some coffee. Right. That's why he does it. You know. Right. But um, then, but then he does the mumbling, and I guess he says pot of coffee. But it is some deep mumbling. There's not even any other noise. Like the other scene, there was music to obscure what he was saying. Yeah. Here it was just. Yeah. Deep carbone. And and this is one of one of my favorite Tommy lines, which is I thought you had one of your bitches here. <laughs> he's trying to he's trying to speak on on Stax's level here. Well, yeah. I don't. I think there's malice in the line. It. There's malice in the line. I think. What was interesting is that in real life, Tommy was much more progressive on race relations, and here, the Tom, this Tommy is not. Yeah. Uh, so I thought I, he was just I, trying to be like like jocular with him here. Yeah. I, 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 I didn't get that. To... I got malice from it, but everyone's yeah. open to interpretation. Well, like, he was thirty seconds. He was twelve seconds away from shooting him in the head. So yeah. I mean, there's obviously some malice there. I'll give you that. He, and then Tommy says something about, and again, I couldn't quite make it. Hot books. Yeah, he so he goes. I thought you had one of your bitches here, and Stack says, "I thought so too." Where did she go? Which is a great then, line reading from Samuel Jackson. Yes, yeah, which is great. And he walks over to the bedside, and he looks, which are he's got porn magazines yeah. sitting on top of the thing, and he goes, "Well, you got some. At least you got some hot books here." You like he's talking, he's okay, commenting yeah, yeah. about the surroundings of Stax's apartment, which includes pornography. So, single man, of course. Yeah. He does. <laughs> um, hot books. Yeah, so he's two and a half hours late, and then, um, well, you see what what happens. Yeah, so <laughs> sad, really. And, it's and, too it, bad because, as I understood it, everybody loved Stacks. Uh, well, yeah, but the guitar know, right there. He fell asleep. He maybe fell asleep. Could, maybe you fucking play us something here, you fucking stutter. Well, a, lesser, so, so, a lesser director would have had the blood all over the guitar. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, interesting callback to if you remember back when Henry was explaining. Uh, to Karen about the ins and outs of this life and how people don't go to prison and the only people who go to prison are a certain type of people who fall asleep at the wheel, right? Mm-hmm. Here we are. Also, and he also says uh, later in the movie, uh, you know, you don't see it coming and it's your best friend that did it. Yep. And Tommy and Stax were close yeah, and he yeah. didn't see it coming. Yeah. I mean, we see that happen right there. Yeah. 
So it's uh, the great prison in the sky run. Is that what you're saying? I guess mm-hmm. so. Yeah. <laughs> and every time I see that red explosion part, I just think you the motherfucker should be on brain detail, which is uh, a line that Sam Jackson said in Pulp Fiction. Yeah. But it's a wrong movie. Things. Wrong movie. Same guy. Yeah. And that line reading of yeah, where did where did she go? That I mean, that's that's oh look, that's perfect Sam Jackson, but nobody really knew him at this point. Well, yeah, was it not only is it perfect Sam Jackson, but also the line is delivered with his back to the camera, so we don't actually don't even see him say it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, Samuel Jackson was very svelte in nineteen ninety mm-hmm. in nineteen eighty nine. Yeah, I believe he still had a crack addiction at this point. Oh jeez. <laughs> I heard him talk about it on Fresh Air. Okay, it was a thing. Yeah. He did. Uh, he would have done do the right thing. No, not do the right thing. Uh, he wasn't do the right thing. Yeah, he, was, he was in jungle fever, I believe, as a crack addict. Yes, yeah. I think he was still an addict at this point. Right, which would explain the fact that he's super skinny. Yeah. <laughs> oh, poor Stax. Well, we're gonna get more into Stax's demise tomorrow. Right? Well, speaking of, uh, according to the 2012 Guinness Book of World Records, the tallest stack of books built in <laughs> one minute. So you got one minute to build a stack of books. It was six feet, 5.5 inches. Wow. I think we could beat that. In one minute? Yeah, the key is bigger books. <laughs> Bunch of omnibuses? Hold on. Let's work on this. Like, take that Calvin and Hobbes anthology thing. <laughs> there you go. There's, there's, a, there's a foot you and a half. You go to six feet in less than a minute with that. Yeah. <laughs> what are they, using Life magazine? <laughs> Those things are sliding all over the place. Well, right. maybe, maybe there's a rule about what you can use. Who knows? You have to use you have to use actual Guinness books. <laughs> <laughs> this is the point where we have nothing to say because nothing yes. happens in this minute. Well, I got nothing else in this minute. The fuck Wait till count, Friday, though. The fuck count is nine from Tommy. Nine. Nine. Wow. wow. There's one iffy one through the door. <laughs> it's either three or two, and I went with the higher number. So no, wow. We'll allow it. Yeah, it's a good week. It's a solid week for fucks. Yeah. All right, so <laughs> that's clearly all we have for Minute 99. Uh, you can listen tomorrow to Minute 100, the Centennial Goodfellas Minute. Uh, and until then, you can check us out at Twitter at Goodfellas Min or on Instagram or Facebook at Goodfellas Minute. You can find all of our episodes at goodfellasminute.com along with what are really some spectacular screen grabs, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, you can also find there, goodfellasminute.com slash support. You'll find our Amazon link where you can buy things from Amazon, uh, and we get a little taste, just a taste, uh, that comes to us, helps support the show. Or you can find the Patreon link, uh, which patreon.com slash GFM, or we can uh, decide to be a, a patron, a, a continuing supporting member of the uh, Goodfellas Minute community. And if you are above the $5 a month mark, that means that you are eligible for a uh, mob name and you should come tomorrow because we are going to we're going to open books for two eligible patrons I think that's why people are signing up and that's fine by us because it's fun to do have any other questions you can write to us at contact goodfellasminute.com and that will do for minute number 99 and we will see you tomorrow for 100 or will I go from rags to return my fate is on